Well, good evening, everybody. Merry Christmas. I said Merry Christmas. It's great to see you. Let's stand together as we sing about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, tonight. got something special going on. Don't have a seat because you're just going to stand right back up. But we need kids that are going to help lead our next part of our service to go ahead and come forward and take your spots up here. 
Say that again. Yeah, the kids that have been here practicing the songs, come on up. If you know the motions, come on. We're going to put them in a spot. <laughs> All right. There's nothing cuter than kids at Christmas. Tell you what, I'm going to change my mind. Why don't y'all go ahead and sit down so you can see these yeah, kids? Yeah, good idea. All right, if you're tall, get in the back. There you go. Y'all know how to do it. All right, that's a decent group. What do you think? Yeah. Now they're gonna lead us in two songs by doing some motions. And uh, this is not just for you to watch, okay? This is not a children's program. They're leading us in worship. And we want you to sing along. So that's why we've been teaching you these songs all month. We've, we've been singing them so that you would be able to join in with them as they lift praises to our Savior tonight. One, two. i 
guys. Thank you for leading us in worship tonight. You can go ahead and go find your parents. Everybody else, you can have a seat. That was awesome. Yeah, here I am. I had to go all the way around. There's all these kids. Hey, you guys were good. Good job. Um, I noticed one adult in the front here doing all the motions, too. <laughs> hey, Merry Christmas. We're glad that you guys are here. This is a time to celebrate, to worship. Um, our service tonight's going to run about an hour total. And you're in, in luck because tonight we're going to have a few baptisms at the end. Um, no, thanks. Let me pray while we get started. Father in heaven, um, I thank you that we can have this day where we celebrate you, the infinite God the only infinite God, becoming finite, becoming a man for us. <laughs> not, not starting out as a man, starting out as a baby. Um, you did that for us because you love us. I pray that tonight we would glorify you. I pray that tomorrow, as we remember on Christmas Day, Jesus, you coming, that it would be worship that we, we tend to go to, that we honor you with the way we think, all that we say, and all that we do, and that it would truly point to you. Father, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So as I was kind of preparing, I got thinking, you know, who, who comes to a Christmas Eve service? Um, and, and I thought there's probably three categories. So there's those who really just, it's Christmas and I just want to worship. I got to go worship. And then there are those who, it's, it's tradition. You know, tradition is you go to church on Christmas. Or the third would be probably more the, the category I would fall in is you married into a family and that's what you do on Christmas Eve. And so <laughs> maybe you're visiting or you're with family, but you came to a Christmas Eve service. And part of that is kind of exciting. I, you know, there's a lot of tradition with Christmas. And my traditions growing up, Christmas Eve, we didn't go to a Christmas Eve service. We went to my grandma and grandpa's house on the ranch and that's what we did for Christmas. And we would snowmobile and tube and and the memories I have are great because I remember my uncle and my dad we didn't have good snowmobiles my grandpa had always a piece of junk one and so they were trying to get it running and I remember finally they got it running after a couple hours and it takes off with nobody on it you know and finally hit a ditch but that was that was Christmas Eve now I don't know if you're like me but Christmas is is kind of a fun season because most of the traditions most of the things that we do they lean toward relationships don't they they lean toward doing things together. We get to take time off work, hopefully. Um, we get weeks off of school. If you're in college, you might get like a month off of school. Um, I'm getting one of these. <laughs> but then we do things like go Christmas tree cutting. You know, we got to go Christmas tree cutting, cut down the tree, um, drag it out of the forest and bring it home, then decorate it or watch them decorate it while we watch football. Um, and then there's the the what are they called, gingerbread houses, decorating those, or, or cookies, all this stuff we do together. And I think that's what it's supposed to be. It's a time of love. It's a time where we get to focus on each other. And you know what they say, it's, it's uh, more joy to give than to receive? That's true, isn't it? We enjoy giving a gift, having an excuse to give a gift to somebody, hoping to see joy on their face, kid or adult. We want to make them happy. So it's a time when we get to focus on other people and, and love. Um, and I think that's what we want to remember. And that's our focus tonight is talking about love because this goes to every human need and it's a need for love. Not just to be loved, but to love. We want to love. We need to love because we were made to love. We were made in the image of a God who loves. In fact, a God who is love. And that's what we want to look at tonight. It's the, the capacity to sacrifice for others. You know, have you ever told the Christmas story to somebody who's never heard it? It's really weird. It, it, I mean, how, how would you explain this to somebody who's never heard it? Well, God got a woman pregnant, um, and the baby was God, and then he grew up as a man, and then he went to be with God again. I mean, just think about it. It's kind of like crazy. It doesn't make sense. Why? Have you ever asked the question, why? Why do we have Christmas? Why did God send man, or why did God send his son to become a man on Christmas? And we get used to the songs. We sing joy to the world, all of this. But how often do we stop and just think, 
Why? And we have to rewind the tape a little bit. You know, in heaven, there's going to be a rewind room. And so we'll get to actually rewind all the way to the beginning. But it goes back to the beginning of why we were made. And part of why we were made was this need for love, this capacity to love. And that's why we were made. Now, there's a mistake. And I I want you to listen. A lot of us make this mistake. The church often makes this, this mistake. Every religion makes this mistake. Here's the mistake. God needs you. Or God needs you to do something for him. Every religion will tell you what you need to do to get to God as if God needs something. And so we think that God made us because he needed us. He needed us to do something for him. When the fact is very different, Acts 17, 24 and 25 says this. The God, it's going to be up here on the screen if you're curious. (laughs) The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. How do you feel about that? A little bit free, maybe a little bit like, then why am I here? But God doesn't need anything you can give him. We've talked about this here at Common Ground before. It's kind of like you giving something to God is like when a parent gives a kid five bucks and says, here, go get me a Christmas present. You're giving back to your parents what was already theirs. That's kind of anytime we give something to God, it was already his. And we make a mistake often as a church of laying burdens on people that in order to be saved, you have to do this or that. And so we, we, we become the church. And maybe, maybe some of you don't normally go to church, but you're coming today because it's tradition. And maybe the reason you haven't come is, well, it's a bunch of people just faking it. They're just a bunch of hypocrites that they go through the motions there, but they don't live it out there. And unfortunately, a lot of times that's true because a lot of times the church says, look like this. And we're like, okay, we can look like that. But there's really not a change going on inside. There's not really a love going on. Now, here's what we need to know. In Genesis 1:26. God said, let us make man in our image. Did you hear that? God said, let us make man in our image. God exists in Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He exists in relationship with himself, in a love relationship. Jesus talked often about his love for the Father and the Father's love for him, a love that existed before time began, our time. So he didn't make you because he needed your love. We know the greatest commandment in the Bible is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. All that you are, love God. But you weren't actually made because he needed your love. He, you were made because God had so much love he wanted to share with you and with me. That's why we exist. The Bible says that eternal life is that you know God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. The greatest commandment is to love God. You were made so God could share his love with you. Did you know that? <laughs> you were made so God could share his love with you. We're going to do uh, something called Advent. We've been doing this uh, all month, um, and the Reeds have agreed to come up and, and do this. It's a traditional thing, but it's been a lot of fun actually looking at, at Christmas. So come on up, if you would, and do your thing. I think that that's for you. It works. Hello, everybody. Merry Christmas. I'm Taylor. This is my wife, Cassandra, and our seven-week-old baby, Emma Rose. Um, We're happy to share this Advent with you guys. Um, Today, we celebrate the birth of Christ. In the season of Advent, we have used the Advent wreath and its candles to help us get ready for this great celebration of the birth of Christ. When we lit the first purple candle, we ask God to come and be our good shepherd. God, our shepherd, has come in Jesus Christ. When we lit the second purple candle, we ask God to come and forgive our sins. God has come in Jesus Christ to take our sins and die upon the cross so that we might be forgiven. When we lit the third pink candle, we felt joyful even in our longing for Christ to come. Christ who has been born in a manger 
will come again in glory to wipe away every tear from our eyes. When we lit the fourth candle, we remembered that Christ would come as a son, the son of Mary, the son of David, and the son of God. This son has been born. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Today we celebrate the birth of Jesus the Christ, Jesus the Good Shepherd, Jesus who forgives our sin, Jesus who will come again, Jesus the Son of Mary, the Son of David, and the very Son of God. Now let us read Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was the with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby laying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. If you'll join us in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we are thankful that this season is the celebration of God's promised Messiah coming to earth as a baby. He is Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. He is the Son of God. Let us never take for granted the incredible miracle of his birth and what it means for our lives. Now we light the fourth candle, and when we light this candle with great joy, we do it with great joy and celebration, because Christ is born in Bethlehem. God's Son has come into the world to be our Savior. It's not easy being a parent. There's this balance I find myself constantly trying to find. When Emily came along, there was really this new sense of purpose that came from learning to put her needs above my own. When I think about this first Christmas as being a father, I think about what is the best gift that I can get my daughter in a way that she would understand it. When we were six months pregnant, I was told that your baby can 
hear your voice inside the womb. So I started reading to her, singing songs, just talking to her throughout the day. And when she was born, I remember being across the room from her and hearing her cry and just the fear in her voice. Uh, the nurses were trying to calm her down, but uh, she just continued to cry. So um, I went over to her and I looked at her and I just said her name. I just said, Emily, and immediately she stopped. She looked up at me and she recognized my voice. It was, it was incredible. And then it struck me. The greatest thing that I can give is not a thing. The greatest gift I can give my children me, sacrificially, wholeheartedly, the gift of life, there's this realization, isn't that what Christmas is all about, God, loving Father, giving himself to his children, so we can mother um, or you need to take your kid that that's our family and prayer room right over there there's actually toys for kids we love the kids in here and that's why we're doing Christmas Eve with all the kids but if you're more comfortable if your your baby needs to nurse or whatever that room is available for you guys um, so as we're looking here at, at Advent at God showing his love for us and he created us to love him but he created our purpose he created us so he could share his love with us but here's the thing about love. For it to be genuine and authentic, it has to be free, doesn't it? You can't force somebody to love you. And so God made men and women, he made us free so that we could freely love him. Otherwise, it would be a robot type relationship. We were made to be in love relationship with him. He wanted to share the love with us. But if we weren't free to reject it, it was pointless. And so he made us free to either accept his love or reject his love. And when we sinned, when man and woman sinned, they decided to reject his love. They sinned. And it could have been anything. God gave them a choice, but it could have been anything. He just chose to make it a, a tree, you know, choosing to eat a fruit. Don't eat that fruit. He had to give them a choice. It could have been, don't hop on one foot on Thursday's afternoon. It could have been anything. They just needed something so that they had a choice, and God gave them the tree. And so they ate of it, and they died. Spiritually, they died immediately. That's what the Bible teaches. Separated from God, separated from his love. Because God is love, but God is also just. He has to judge sin. And so they were cast out of the garden, and they were destined to finally die physically and die spiritually. Eternal separation from God in a real place called hell. But God, his love was bigger than that. And that's why we celebrate Christmas because God loved us so much that wasn't the end. He began right away putting his plan into action to save us, to save us. Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. Death came because Adam and Eve sinned, and death continues because we've all sinned. You know, we could take a show of hands. Raise your hand if you've never sinned. Okay. Oh, there's one hand going up. Uh, that's my nephew. <laughs> I know that's not true. Because <laughs> you're related to my wife. Um, <laughs> Christmas is about love <laughs> and forgiveness. <laughs> but sin entered, and when sin entered, death entered, and a separation with God. But God didn't stop loving. So many look at Christianity, they look at the Bible, and they go, God is not a God of love. Look at all that he did. And as you get to know God and you read the Bible, you realize why he did some of the things that he did that look kind of scary. But he loved. It says in Jeremiah 31.3, God is speaking to his people. He says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. 
Do you get that? An infinite being looked at us and said, I've loved you with a love that goes forever. Man, don't we want that love? Isn't that what, what we're going for at Christmas? This, this unconditional love for one another, which we'll do the best we can, but we just can't quite do it. But God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Nobody can love you the way God already has. And then 1 John 4.19 says, we love because he first loved us. The greatest commandment is that we love God with all that we are. But our love is simply a response to his love. We love because he first loved us. The Christian life isn't about all these do's and don'ts. It's not a religion about religious activities. It's all about responding to the love that God showed us with love back. We love because he first loved us. And the theme of the Bible, if you've ever wondered, here it is. I can sum this up. <laughs> the theme of the Bible is God loves you, and this is his redemptive plan for you and for me. That's what it is. There's a theme that runs all the way through, and it's God saying, they sin and they're separated from me, but I'm not done. That's not good enough. I'm going to love them. I'm going to do something about it. And so the whole Bible, and as you get to understand the Old Testament, you start to understand how his plan worked out. And it all was leading to Jesus. And the plan was exactly what God wanted. If you didn't know this, God is all-knowing and he's all-powerful. And he's not surprised by anything. So when Adam and Eve sinned, he wasn't like, oh, darn, what do I do now? <laughs> he had a plan, and he got it in motion immediately. 700 years before Jesus was born, a prophet said this, Isaiah 7:14. He said, therefore, the Lord himself, talking about the only one true God, there's only one, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. 700 years before, God through a prophet said, here's what I'm going to do. A young woman who has never had relations is going to be pregnant. And his name is going to be Emmanuel. That word means God with us. Jesus was not just a good man. He was not just a prophet. He claimed to be God. And a good man doesn't claim to be God. And 700 years before, the prophet said he's going to be God. God with us, Emmanuel. God with us. And that's why we celebrate Christmas. That's what happened. That's why angels came down and were singing to these shepherds because God broke into mankind. God with us. An angel appeared to Joseph, Mary's fiance, and said, okay, I know she's pregnant, but it's not what you think. This is actually part of God's plan. And he quoted, the angel quoted that message from Isaiah said, this son, this is the one that you've been waiting for. This is the Messiah. This is going to be God with you. So basically, he was saying, Joseph, you're going to be stepdad to God. <laughs> and Joseph went through with it. We should have sang that song. There's some great songs about that. But Joseph went through with it. But that wasn't the end. Not only did he become man, there was a purpose for that. Isaiah 53, 6, the same prophet says this, all we like sheep have gone astray. If you know anything about sheep, they're always trying to find a way out and kill themselves. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to our own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity. Iniquity means sin and guilt. Has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. God's plan was to send himself, God with us, to pay the penalty that we couldn't pay. Part of the plan that he put through was the sacrificial system in the Old Testament. And in Hebrews, it says, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. So if we've all sinned and that sin separated us from God's love because we chose it and God had to do something about it, the penalty was blood. The penalty was death. But it was an eternal debt, if that makes sense. Because our sin was against an eternal God, our debt was an eternal debt, which means we could never pay it. What if you had a debt of five quadrillion dollars, if that's a number? You could never pay it. I mean, there's not even that much money in the world. That was your debt from sin and mine. But God, being infinite, is the only one that could pay that debt. But the debt, the cost was blood. So how could an infinite God pay a debt of blood? He had to become a man. That's why Christmas. That's why Jesus as a baby 
Because if God never did that, we could never be forgiven. We would have to cover our own sins, and we don't want that. That's why, if you've ever wondered, that's why we celebrate Christmas. Romans 5.8 says this, but God shows his love for us. Again, love, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, God didn't wait for us to turn his direction. He didn't wait for us to dust ourselves off just a little bit. While we were rejecting God, going in our sin, whatever we want, he gave his life. And if you've ever seen the movie, The Passion of the Christ, that's what it was like. He was first beaten within an inch of his life, and then he was hung on the cross, and he did die. The most humiliating and painful death known. And he died. He paid the penalty. But that's not the end of the story either. We'll talk about the rest at Easter. <laughs> but he rose from the dead victorious. So he paid the penalty, but then he rose, just like he predicted. He rose from the dead and conquered the grave. And proving there, God said, the payment, accepted. The check, it cleared. Raised from the dead. And so we know now Jesus rose bodily, rose from the dead victorious. And now we can have life. The greatest gift at Christmas, as we saw from that video, is that God gave himself to us. Do you get that? We didn't earn it. We don't deserve it. God gave himself to us. But then the question is, so how do we, what do we do? Because if you ask most people on the street, how is a person saved? Most will say, as long as your good outweighs your bad, you get into heaven. Let me tell you, that's not the way it works. <laughs> That's not the way it works. Thank goodness that's not the way that it works because you never know in that way. Here's what the Bible says. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says this. For by grace, that means you get something you don't deserve. For by grace you've been saved through faith. Faith is synonymous with belief in scripture. For by grace you have been saved through faith. That is belief. All throughout scripture you are saved by belief in Jesus, in his life, death, and resurrection. That's how a person is saved. For by grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourselves. So stop trying to work for it. It's the gift of God, not by works, so no one could boast. Because if we could earn it, wouldn't we be, hey, hey I'm better than you. I'm going to have a higher level. So no one can boast. And Romans 10, 9 says this. If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's that easy. That's why Christmas. Christmas is an excuse for us to tell this story over and over. That we were lost in our sin, but God said, I love you too much. I'm coming. I'm coming. And it was a rescue mission. Christmas morning was a rescue mission. The most humble rescue mission ever. And Jesus came so that he could pay the penalty for us. And we get to receive it. And, and you might not understand this, and you don't have to. But guess what? You can receive life by belief alone. You go, there's got to be more. There's not. <laughs> you can receive life by belief alone, placing your faith in Jesus as Lord alone. We're going to do something tonight. We're going to have three baptisms. Because the first sermon ever preached after Jesus rose from the dead, he appeared to many, 500 people at one time saw the risen Jesus, and they're like, oh my goodness, and touching his hands. And then he ascended into heaven. The, the disciples, there's about 120 or so. They went and they were in a room. They were praying. The Holy Spirit came upon them. They were saved. They went out and they preached a sermon. And at the end, 3,000 people were saved. And they asked Peter this. They said, what do we do? Now what do we do? They believed. Get this. They heard the message you just heard, only the sermon was a lot longer. Um, they were more patient back then. But they heard this. They heard the message. They didn't have Netflix. <laughs> um, YouTube was just coming out. Um, they heard the message and they said, then what do we do? We believe the message. Jesus is the Messiah. What do we do? And Peter says this. Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Repent and be baptized. You are saved by belief. They already believed. Now what do we do now that we believe? Repent means turn from the way you were living and turn and walk with God. It means stop being the one in control of your own life. The Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it's the way of death. 
He said, so stop going the way you think is best and go God's way. Turn from your way. Let Jesus be in control. That's repent. It, it includes asking forgiveness for your sins. Saying, God, here's the things I've done. I'm sorry. I want to go your way. It's agreeing with God. Repent and then be baptized. Being baptized in that day, if you got baptized, it meant you were kind of making a break with your old religion. You're making a break and you're going, I am now for Jesus. And if they did that, they could lose everything. They would lose everything. They could lose their families, probably their jobs, maybe their home. They could lose everything. That's why the early church had so many people that needed help because they turned and they got kicked out of everything. And so baptism in that day and age meant something maybe deeper than it does now. But even now, baptism is a big deal. It's a way for us to go public. It's for, a way for us to go, yes, I'm not going to just go, you know, I'm a Christian at church and then go live the way. I'm going to say it. I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. He died for me. I want him to be in control. That's what we're doing in baptism. And so we have three baptisms. Um, we're going to sing a song before we do the baptisms. But we're going to have an opportunity. Um, if you have never placed your faith in Jesus Christ as Lord, you can do it tonight. While we sing this song, we're going to have people available in this back room here, um, in the prayer room, and, and there might be people there, but that's fine. Who cares? We're going public. Um, if you have heard this message for the first time, or, or, or it clicked, or the Holy Spirit's working on you, you can respond, and if you want, you can get baptized too. <laughs> um, we actually have some extra clothes for you uh, if you want to get baptized. If you're like, oh, this makes sense. Yeah, I want to do that. Come back here, talk to Alex, and we would love to do that. Let me pray. <sighs> Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for loving us. Thank you that while I was still a sinner, not even looking your direction, you loved me so much you died for me. And thank you. Father, for raising him from the dead, proving that he is who he claimed to be, the Son of God. Emmanuel, God, with us, thank you for your love. Thank you that salvation isn't about what we do. Thank you that life with you really, as you said, Jesus, life with me is not a burden. It's not. It's peace and it's joy. And it's hard sometimes. In some ways, it's harder than the other life. But it's right. I pray if there's anybody in this room, Holy Spirit, that you are working on right now, that they would repeat after me, that they would pray this prayer, even in their own words. Lord Jesus Christ, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose from the dead. I know that I was helpless without you, and I need you, Jesus. Please take over my life. Holy Spirit, please come into me and give me life. I want to walk your way. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for the new life you've given me. In Jesus' name. pops on um, and it's one of those being baptized sharing her story so don't be confused when a video pops on um, that's her telling her story let's stand together as we sing this we repeat a word over and over during this song and that is hallelujah which means give praise to God praise be to God because he's the one that has done everything that we're celebrating tonight I've heard about this baby boy Who's come to earth to bring us joy And I just want to sing this song to you It goes like this The fourth, the fifth
Come on up here. Uh, that was Mary. You know, I, I want to point out one thing. So, you know, you heard Mary say that she was baptized as a baby. One of the things that's important to understand is that baptism doesn't save you. You are saved by belief. And so Mary decided to follow Jesus. And that's why now she wants to go public. She wants to make the choice, uh, now that she understands it, to get baptized. Um, am, I, am I summing that up correctly? Yeah, you were very eloquent on the video. So this is Mary Whalen. She's going to be getting baptized. This is Carla Mead. Um, we're not going to make her talk. <laughs> um, but talking to Carla, you know, she just shared a lot about, about how God has shown up for her. With some health things going on, she has had to rely on God. Um, and we've talked about that. Sometimes God in his love sends hardship our way to make us dependent. Um, because wouldn't it be a loving thing for God to do to give you something to make you turn to him to save you from hell? Um, God has, has given her difficulty, but she is trusting God. You know, one of the questions that we always ask when we're getting ready for baptism is how many sins is God going to bring up with you later? And it's a big question because the right answer is none. None. If you trust Jesus as your Savior, when you stand before God in the end, He's not going to say, you know, you did this, this, and this. 
He's going to look at you and say, what would you do with my son Jesus? You say, I believed in him. It. Done. And so that's one of the great things. That's what Mary shared in her video, that God's not going to bring up any. There's security there. Um, this is Roger Hudnall. Roger's also going to get baptized, but he is going to share a little bit of his story with us. Um, so Roger, if you would just share, basically, what has God done with you to lead you to this point where you say, I want to get baptized? Okay. Well, um, I was also baptized as a baby uh, in the Episcopal Church. Um, and as I grew up, though, my family didn't atten attend church at all. And so... Uh, when I went to church, it was usually with friends to the Catholic Church, and that's basically what I knew. I didn't have a great understanding of God or didn't really know what this is all about, um, and more or less grew up that way um, into adulthood. Um, married my wife uh, at age 27, and basically at that point, uh, married into a strong Christian family. And, you know, the thing is, they never rejected me. They never said, go away. They accepted me for who I was at that time in terms of uh, knowing that uh, they were going to lead me to where I am now. And I, I really believe that. I believe God uh, showed his love through them at that time. Um, so now um, my wife and I have been married uh, 22 years now. Uh, we have three beautiful children. Um, and I, I see God in everyday life. I see him, you know, when I'm struggling. I see him when I'm happy. Um, I, one night, my wife and I were watching a movie, and at the end of the movie, I just uh, told her that I wanted to accept Jesus Christ in my heart, and um, since then, I've, I've been growing as a Christian. I still have a lot of work to do. Uh, I feel like this is kind of a, in some ways, a first step, a long overdue first step for me, so um, here I am, and uh, I'm looking forward to the future and getting to know God more and, and accepting his love and grace. Thank you, Roger. <laughs> So Roger said something really, I think, helpful. He said, this is kind of a, a first step. Now, it's not his first step because he's been walking with Christ. But what we're celebrating here is a new birth. Come on, let's come around here behind if we could. We'll get over here. But what we're celebrating is, is new birth because the Bible teaches that when Jesus takes over your life, you don't become better. You become new. You are a new creation. That's why it's being called born again. Jesus spoke to a, a religious leader. He said, you need to be born again. He's like, how do you do that? What he's talking about is being, it's a new life. It's a new way of doing things with a new Lord. I used to be in charge. Now God's in charge. And so that's what we're celebrating is new life. So the way we do it here, if you're new, is when somebody comes out of the water, it's a celebration. Okay. You can hoot and holler. It's like we just scored a touchdown. So we're celebrating like the Broncos scored a touchdown, not the Raiders or something like that. So, um, so and Roger's a Bronco fan, so I cater to that. Um, Carla, let's start with you. Okay, don't slip. All right, I'll have you turn around and face that way if you don't mind. Now, Carla, have a seat. Because of your faith and your confession of Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, died with Christ, buried with Christ, raised to walk in newness of life. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. All right. Now give your husband a hug. <laughs> Mary, hop in here. <laughs> Mary, you have uh, confessed Jesus to be Lord of your life, and so we're going to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You have died with Christ, buried with Christ, and raised to walk in newness of life. <laughs> Roger, hop in there. Last one. Roger, thank you for sharing. Thank you for your honesty. The Holy Spirit will never leave you or forsake you. He's promised that. So we now baptize you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Died with Christ. You want to plug your nose? You don't have to. <laughs> Buried with Christ. 
Raised to walk in newness of life. <laughs> Awesome. With that, let's worship some more. One more song. Let's stand as we sing together one more song before we head out. Oh, come, all ye faithful. Oh, come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, comments 
questions section on the back, you can actually mark, uh, you know, interested in, what is it today? How to say yes to Jesus. How to say yes to Jesus. If you did that tonight, we want to know that. Mark that and put it in the offering box. It's not labeled. It's just a box on the wall back there with a spot in it. Um, and come back. If you're local, come back. We, in two weeks, you know, we have no service tomorrow because it's Christmas Day. Um, next week, I'll see like three of you, but I'll be here. Um, New Year's Day. But the week after that, we're starting a new series called All In. Um, sorry, it's called Game Plan. No, Game Plan where we're going to look at God's specific plan for your life. It's going to be a six-week series. So if this is exciting, yes to Jesus, I want Him to be in control. Now what? This is a perfect series to learn what does God have planned for your life if He has a plan. So join us for that. Merry Christmas. There's some great <laughs> treats back there. Hang out with us, have some coffee. Have a great night with your family tonight and a great day tomorrow.